This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Anything we should be looking for coming out now? Well, I want to talk about, I know Britt wanted to talk about Elemental yes. and Pixar. Did you have any like questions on it? Because well, it didn't do well at the box office and it's such a cute movie. Okay, my, I guess my question is... Are, are are they really pulling a lot of budget marketing-wise from Pixar? Because I didn't even know this movie was coming out until somebody told me it did bad at the box office. Oh, it was terrible. It did about $29.5 which was their worst opening ever in the last 18 years. Um, the movie itself, the budgets for Pixar in general are about $200 million, and marketing is usually about $100 million. So many people didn't know that this was coming out, and I think it was just a hard one to market. Um, but audiences have loved it like if you go to rotten tomatoes it has a great audience rating and i think pixar is suffering what a lot of smaller movies are suffering when they go into the theater is that people are only going to these franchises they're going to the sequels they're going to the brands that they know and elemental is a brand new story to everyone and it's adorable and it's about how fire and water don't get along and learn to get along in a world of course done with like a little pixar message but it's sweet it's got a lot of heart to it But Pixar is finding that they're mostly making money off of, like, a Toy Story. That's why they're doing Toy Story 5. Like, like, do we need another one? We do. But people didn't want to see a prequel to Toy Story. They didn't do well um, with the prequel. The Buzz Lightyear one. Yeah. Yeah, the Lightyear one. They didn't do well with Onward. And I think what's happening here is that audiences, for whatever reason, don't want to slap down $15 to pay for... Um, an original story. And that's happening whether it's a, a movie geared towards adults or a movie geared towards kids. And I think the pandemic hurt them a little bit because they weren't a premium movie. So when Bob Chapik released um, things like Luca and um, Seeing Soul. Red. Was Seeing Red? That was Pixar. Seeing Red. Yeah. Those were the three movies that were went direct to Disney+. Plus. They weren't given that extra like, oh, you have to pay a $30 premium for him. Um, you actually just got them. They just showed up on Disney+. Plus. And I think in some people's minds, it starts thinking like, Pixar isn't that special. Yeah, it kind of dilutes the brand a little bit. It has diluted the brand. And they have to have to figure out a way to sort of circle back to that and make Pixar movies an event for families to go to at the movie theater when I think a lot of parents are like, well, it's going to show up on Disney plus in probably about 45 days and I'm going to save a hundred bucks, you yeah. know? So I think that that's one of the big issues. And, um, they also may have to like think about doing more franchise stuff right now to make that money back because otherwise they're going to have to cut the budget on these $200 million animated films. And they might feel a little less special to all of us who grew up on that Pixar brand. For right now, the Alpha Gen and Gen Z, they don't feel like it's all that special in comparison to millennials. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, it just felt like one of those weird, like, soft launches, and it felt very not Disney-Pixar. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things that fell victim to the pandemic, but also the Bob Chapek era at Disney. So if you were thinking about going and want to do a fun movie experience, go see it. You'll absolutely love it. And uh, if not, you can wait for a Disney Plus. But if you want that movie experience, it's a good one. There you have it. We got Randy. Uh, Haven't heard yeah, from him yet. We have. Yep. It looks like we are just getting him on the first, on this line one. Let me bring him up there real quick. Go. Yeah. Rudy told me it was Tom Hanks. By the way, it's interchangeable. Wait a minute. Who's Tom Hanks? Rudy told me you guys booked Tom Hanks. 
Oh, Tom Hanks. I thought it was yesterday. I, thought his name I was, was like, Rain. really? And he's like, no. <laughs> he lies a lot for attention. <laughs> he lied a lot. And I said, Hanks a lot, I, which I thought my pun was really good. I think it's great. Yeah, Hanks great. a lot was great. Yeah. Rudy did not react at all. No, You'd be surprised. Rudy thinks things are amusing. He's just like, he's kind of like my husband where he doesn't, he doesn't give face. He's like, oh, that's like funny. A, and I'm like, why aren't you? Oh. Well, no, if you were. It was via text. I needed an, an emoji haha. Yeah. If you were in the room with me and said, Hanks a lot out of giving you that, oh. <laughs> but since it was over text, yeah. I was funny. Yeah. No, you know who is funny, though, is Randy. Randy was on yesterday. Randy is hilarious. I'm still trying to catch up. What the hell are you guys talking about with Tom Hanks? I, what the, are you talking about? Rudy lied to Kristen so yeah. that we have oh, Tom did. Hanks on mm -hmm. the phone. So now she, that's why she got all dressed up. <laughs> you were talking I look about like I'm nude. Look I do it. look naked. I was going to say something. I keep on like trying to pull uh, it up. This is going to get us some views on YouTube. Uh, it's actually pink. <laughs> that's what's crazy. It's not a nude. Mm -hmm. It's just showing us nude on the, on the screen. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Kristen, you need to meet Randy Lewis. He's a great guy. He was in on the show yesterday. He's got a bunch of shows going on in the, uh, over the weekend. Randy, how you doing? I'm doing great. Good morning. That's the ticket. So how are everything going? Everything's going right along smoothly for you? Well, it all starts today. The Loons on the Lake Comedy Festival tonight with three shows. We're excited, yeah. I'm glad to hear it. Now, you were in the studio yesterday for a little over an hour, had a great time. Uh, a lot of comments, as a matter of fact. People, you you comport yourself very well. People like you. Yeah. Wow, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's heard that before. He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> you kind of had your I, yeah, I know tone on there, Randy. That was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we're like I told you yesterday, comedians, I want everybody to like me. That's yeah, that's true. That's what we do. So what's new today, Randy? Well, um, you know, the comedians and the judges are all flying in today. Uh, we're going to have uh, the beginning of this comedy competition with 40 comedians from all over the North America, really, uh, competing for $10,000. And it starts with round one tonight at 7 o'clock. Eight comedians are going to go up. Two of them will move on. Then we'll have another round. Um, and at the same time, we have uh, headliner Erica Rhodes going up tonight at 7 o'clock. And um the, the, the whole uh, the whole festival begins and then we eventually there'll be five rounds of uh, eight comedians each uh 40 comics uh competing for that uh, ten thousand dollar prize and move on to the other star shows with uh you know jamie kennedy on thursday jimmy walker on friday uh and don mcmillan uh from america's got talent uh mm -hmm. sold out already on saturday against taylor swift not bad huh <laughs> yeah. yes <laughs> good job good point no question about it so you're happy with it. well first of all you and i have talked about the venue because my brother troy worked there for many years as a bartender so i spent a lot of time there visiting with him it is a great venue and a great location yeah, I think it's just going to be so much fun because I believe the Comedy Festival will draw brand new people to Crooner's Supper Club, and they will get to see, not only see what a great place it is, but eat the wonderful food and, and realize that they're sitting in one of the great jazz venues in the world. So, uh, you know, it'll just be uh, a win-win for everybody. I'm, I'm very, very excited. Yeah, no question about it. It's in a great neighborhood as well. It's right. What's the name of the lake it's on again? That, that's a cool lake, actually. Is it? 
God, do you guys remember the name of that no, lake I up there? I saw it on the map. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I've been there a billion times, and I don't remember the name of the lake. But, yeah, it's going to be a great situation. I'm really how – uh, how did you come up with the idea to do uh, the situation at Crooners and, you know, tee it yeah, up the way I, you did? Yeah, I used – um, I used to work on uh, the Tahitian Princess cruise ship, right. which would do a 10-day yep. cruise all around French Polynesia. And I did 20 of those, 26 10-day cruises over the course of a few years. And one of the other entertainers was a guy by the name of uh, Banjo, uh, Banjo, and he's a banjo player. And he goes by Banjo, and he and I became pals. And, and even after, uh, after I wasn't working on that ship anymore... He'd fly into L.A. and we'd have lunch together, oh. and he uh, he somehow became uh, very friendly with Mary, the owner, mm-hmm. and and they uh, and they they were you know hanging out together, and 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 he told her about uh, me producing the Ventura Comedy Festival, at which I produced for nine years in California. And I guess Mary got excited by it, and and he put her on the phone with me, and we talked about it a little bit, and she said, well, why don't you come see Crooners and see if you like it and think it'd be a good place. So she flew me out, and I did a comedy show there that night, and then we sat and talked, and, and then I told her how, how I thought it might all come together, and that was six months ago, and lo and behold, here we are in, in June, and, <laughs> and we're going to kick it off tonight. It is a wonderful thing. How do people uh, reach out? Oh, by the way, it's Moore Lake. Uh, Brittany just pointed out it's called Moore Lake. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. How do people get involved? How, how do they just reach out uh, to the club? How can they get tickets? Uh, the best way is go to the website. It's okay. loonsonthelake.com. You know, it was, we sat around saying, what are we going to call this festival? And, um, you know, everybody told me, well, you know, the state bird is the loon. And I'm like, well, that's gold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so we uh, we came up with uh, Loons on the Lake, uh, and uh, it's loonsonthelake dot com, and you can purchase tickets there, um, and and uh, just about anything you want to know about the festival. Uh, if you go to that website, each of the particular rounds of the competition, you will see all of the comedians who are are going up into that particular round. Uh, and, um, you know, several of them are from right here in, uh, in Minnesota. So you may have, uh, one of your friends or, or neighbors going up. So check it out for sure. Loonsonthelake.com. And, uh, and there'll be something for everyone, you know, because, uh, we've got a comedy improv show going on Saturday afternoon. Uh, we've got some just straight comedy showcases with, uh, uh you know, a bunch of comics each doing six minute sets. And then, of course, the competition, and then the headliner show. Still tickets available for Erica Rhodes tonight, uh, Jimmy Walker tomorrow, a few tickets, and or, or I mean, Jamie Kennedy tomorrow, and Jimmy Walker on Friday. So uh, just about whatever your comedy taste is, you can find something, and you'll get to see the beautiful Crooner Supper Club and, and meet me and hang out, and, uh, and we'll have some fun. I love it, pal. you got to get back in the studio one of these days, too, Randy, all right? Absolutely. And by the way, you know, I, I hope you, you know, I know Rudy's got my number and uh, he's got a way to reach me. But if you guys want to come out, I'd love to have you come out as my guest to any of the shows. Uh, you know, I, I really appreciate the, the support of your podcast. And oh, yeah. uh, I, I had a blast on there yesterday and uh, I really look forward to extending our friendship. 
Absolutely, Randy. We'll stay in touch, and good luck this weekend, and we'll see you this weekend, all right? Yeah, you bet. Thanks, Randy. Absolutely. Okay. Randy Lubis, Loons on the Lake, out at Moore Lake. I love that place. Mm -hmm. It's a great spot. Erica Rhodes is great, if anyone hasn't seen her perform. I I used to take ballet with her in Boston. Weird. It's Boston Ballet. Isn't that weird? We were in the kids' program. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you were in the kids program? Well, yeah, the professional well, kids cool. program. That's where I studied dance. And uh, she was also there and we did Nutcrackers together. And I've, it's been really fun watching her rise through the ranks in Hollywood and the comedy scene. Her comedy set's great. I'm glad to hear it because uh, Randy deserves a good show from everybody. So that's a good deal. And we will talk to you tomorrow, correct? Yes, I will see you all on Thursday. Oh, she did the hand deal. <laughs> I like it. I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Thank you very much. We'll be right back. Chris Egger will join us right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Guys, I want to let you know about acoustic wave therapy protocol provided by my new sponsor, Twin Cities Premier Health. It's a non-invasive, non-surgical, highly effective science-based procedure that creates an increase in blood flow and helps create new blood vessels by treating the root cause of most erectile dysfunction. Unlike using a pill to create a pharmaceutically induced erection, they treat the root cause of the problem. Age-related erectile dysfunction is most commonly caused by a buildup of plaque in the arteries that supply blood to the erectile tissue. Reach out to Twin Cities Premier Health like I did and right now receive this special offer, a free treatment and a free consultation when you book today. That is valued at $800. 952-395-4346. That's my unique phone number 952-395-4346 for their office or go to TwinCitiesPremierHealth.com and please be sure to tell them that Tom Bernard sent you. This is Tom Bernard for Niemeyer Trailer Sales. They've been a part of Minnesota since 1965 and their name says it all. They are family. If you want to take your passion on the road and make memories camping wherever you want, no motors, but pull trailer RVs, go to Niemeyer Trailer Sales. True story. The very best brands live at Niemeyer's. Like the latest from Rockwood by Forest River, number one in their class, whether you want a tent trailer, expandable, travel trailer, or a fifth wheel, Niemeyer Trailer Sales has it all. Plus, they deliver on the forgotten art of customer service with personable employees, often sons and daughters of the third-generation family-owned business who simply do what they say they will do every time. Come explore their huge selection and consult with RV service pros. You will leave satisfied no matter what you are looking for. The Niemeyer family welcomes you to visit both of their locations in Albertville and Elko New Market before your next vacation. Head to N-I-E-M-E-Y-E-R-S dot com and put your passion on the road. Niemeyer Trailer Sales. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful. Someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. 
and tell him his his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Eggert joins us. News brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh for your free 48-minute financial evaluation. Chris, how are you? Not bad. How are you, sir? I was doing better until Brittany just told me something, but, you know, everything is good. I was there. Uh, I saw, I could kind of tell there might have been a conversation during the commercial break there. Sorry. There was indeed. It was uh, it had to do with driving seven thousand miles to go somewhere that won't be happening. <laughs> it was one of those. Days. I I don't know about well maybe we share this. I feel like the road construction has been so miserable this yes. year around yep. the Twin Cities, and like going anywhere. I mean, it doesn't matter where it is. It seems like it becomes a forty-five minute thing no matter what. It's been a very frustrating summer. I understand I, exactly what you're saying. And it's great that they're working on the roads because the potholes were horrendous and all that. There's no question about of that. Of course. But, yeah, it's been kind of kind of a difficult deal. But, you know, they set something up. It's going to be – it's like an hour and a half drive. It's like not on a work day. No way. Yeah, that's – that. That's uh, those of us with these weird hours, man, that gets hard. We had, to, yeah. we had like a barbecue with some other parents the other – like it was started at five and my wife told me, and that was like, I was like, Oh, it starts at five. <laughs> it's a great life. Isn't it? Doing mm-hmm. early morning. Like, but we went and then I'm like, you know, you're like, Oh, it's six 30. God, I should be getting close <laughs> to being in bed now. And the bratwurst aren't out yet. Okay. This is really great catching up with you guys, but, uh, time to go. Yep. That's the, that's the hours, right? So what's happening with you, Pally? Uh, well, it's interesting you brought up potholes because we did a really, really, really interesting story yesterday. And I kind of brought this up earlier in the year when the potholes are really bad. Um, we started poking around with MnDOT about what their protocol is to be reimbursed if you get a, a pothole, get in some kind of a pothole accident and have to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to fix your car. Um, hundreds of thousands. You well, have a nice hundreds, car. Hundreds or thousands. Oh, I hundreds thought you said hundreds of thousands. Of thousands. I'm like hundreds of thousands for maybe only a few of us out there. What year right. is your Rolls Royce, by the way? Um, it's a it's a 2023. I don't. Yes, queen. Like. <laughs> yes. You deserve like. it. You yeah, deserve I, I don't it. like. I want to keep it real. Um. So anyway, <laughs> we started doing some uh some digging into this. And uh, what did we find? Uh, it's our reporter, Renee Cooper. What did she find out? Two of 450 drivers who filed claims and went through the process with MnDOT, mm-hmm. MnDOT paid two of them. What? Wait a minute. Run that by me again. 450 drivers mm-hmm. filed a claim. MnDOT paid two. Why only two? 
And how do you decide which two get paid? Yeah, I want to know how extreme or not extreme those ones were. So uh, the deal is when we first started talking to them about this in the spring and as they kind of as our reporters sort of did some digging and looking into the cases and whatnot, uh, MnDOT basically stopped talking to us. Really? They, they didn't really want this information to get out there. Um, we do have it. We do have it posted. This, if people want to read the whole story when they've got a chance later today, it's at KSTP.com. But the big thing they told us in the spring was unless the pothole has been previously reported to them, they can't go forward with processing a claim. Well, think about that. Like, Predict the pothole that's going to mess up your car before you hit it and report it. That doesn't make any sense. Well, this is, well this is good information for next year because if you hit a pothole, what you do is you call MnDOT and go, hey, by the way, just wanted to report a pothole. And then the next day, call and be like, hey, I got some damage from this pothole, man. You guys were, we told you about it the other day, but nobody took care of it. That's the only way you're going to be able to get MnDOT to pay for anything. I mean, as if I'm reading it the way that that seems that that would be the only way to do that. Yeah. Because that's their, I mean, basically it's a loophole. They get get out of, of paying people. Mm -hmm. So it's bad. Listen, Tom, you wouldn't want to run that Mustang over one of them potholes, my man. I bet not. Mm -mm. I bet not. There were plenty of them in the road. They did a pretty good job out where I live. They, they got them filled immediately. And it's because I live in a suburb. So apparently the city got together and got them all fixed. Or I don't know about all, but most of them, they did a really good job. I think Minneapolis and St. Paul, it's still pretty bad. Yeah, yeah I was just yep. I was just in downtown St. Paul yesterday, and but they're also trying to pass a, I think a one percent sales tax for uh, an additional one one cent um, for paying for road and infrastructure repairs. And then I had this crazy theory, which is just a theory. Please um, don't come after me, city of St. Paul. I'm like, yeah, don't fix the potholes then. And like make it right up until that vote happens and make people realize every time they run into a pothole that, that we need this extra 1% or with this extra one cent on our taxes. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I mean, I, again, that was a wild conspiracy I just came up with, but. It really is wild. There's no question about it. How about uh, the fact that we've had a budget to fix our roads for this whole time? Where'd that money go? Well, that's, you know, that's what a lot of people in St. Paul are pretty steemed about. Yeah. This would be in addition to, you know, what they're already paying at the mm -hmm. state level. And so it's uh, infrastructure stuff is it's never, you know, of course, there's never enough money to get everything that needs to be done. But I understand that we have the highest taxes. I think the third highest taxes in America in minnesota we do pay a mm -hmm. lot of taxes here yeah so where's the money going you know you know i, don't, <laughs> I think he goes you know <laughs> <laughs> you know maybe they should take the money that we get from all these giant settlements that the state gets yeah well like let's take on the cigarette companies or let's take on the vaping companies let's take on oxycotton companies Let's take on all these. And like mm -hmm. Minnesota wins millions and millions and millions of dollars. Maybe that's the money they should be using to fix the roads. Well, it's a, somebody told me that our state taxes are going up. The top rate is going up to 12 and a half percent in the next couple of years. Jeez. Is that true? Uh, I, I, I'm not sure. 
Oh my God! What do we? Why don't we just give you sixty percent of every dime we got, and then we'll just keep the other forty and starve to death or whatever. I mean, I know there was a lot of discussion during the legislative right. session about how how all this tax money was being spent. So, well, again, nineteen billion dollars, and we never saw one dime of it. Why? You were, we were supposed to get Walls checks for like five grand, weren't we? Five to six thousand dollars per person. By the way, what and happened to that now? End up being like a couple hundo, and it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. I believe. But. I don't think. Did you get a check? I didn't get a check. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if they're out yet. Oh, they haven't come out. Yet. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> did did Walls actually open up his checkbook and write me a check physically? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. That yeah. has not happened yet. Yeah, yeah. yet. Have you guys ever? Uh, they may have. It might be okay now. But do you remember a couple of years ago, Eid Mill Road or Aid Mill Road yeah. in Aid Mill Hall? Road? Yeah. Sure. I had to drive it one day. I was like, Gravedigger could not drive on this right. goddamn road. It it's is wild. so no, awful. It's it was crazy. It was terrible. It was like a third world country. Yeah, it's like they took like a jackhammer to it and then were like lunch break and then never went back. Never came back. Awful. I was just on there a couple weeks ago and it's it's good. It's done. Good. And then I'm like, I love that road more than anything yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. It's like the best little secret. It feels like a little secret mm-hmm. to just slip right into St. Paul. For sure. And when the road was, it was repaired and they, I, that, that was leading up to them building like a big bike path or something along that Rudy, yep, I think was, was. Sort of the deal. Yeah. So they redid it. And, um, yeah. Is it Eid Mill or Aid Mill? It's Eid Mill, right? I thought it's Aid Mill. I think Aid it Mill? is Eid Mill. It's A-Y-D. You well, say Aid, I say I. We can look it up. The problem is yeah. when you look it up, everybody's got a different definition yeah, online, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Rosemount and Rosemont. Like, yes. depending on who you ask, you're never, yeah. you know, you will never get consensus on it. Mm-hmm. Although when I was a kid, there were several kids in my neighborhood pronounced it Mindianapolis. So there you go. Oh, that's kind of... <laughs> and by the way, I'm not making that up. That's true. Mindianapolis? Mindianapolis. Sounds okay, like that's close. a really dirty restaurant <laughs> in Minneapolis. <laughs> it does. You're right. Yeah, I don't, strip club. Yeah. yeah, but I, what now? I'd Mill Road because my kids used to live over there when they were going to college. Yeah, so I'd go and visit them. Why did they? Why did Hyde Mill Road come? It kind of goes under other bridges yeah. and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. I, and I really think it's a very cool road. But how did that ever get set up the way it is? Does anybody know why they built it the way it's built? I, I'm sure that's that, a great question. There's got to be like a senator or somebody who's yeah. like, you know what? I'm tired of doing being on the road with these peasants. So please, maybe. So please build us a road. I bet I guarantee, like that was a secret road for a long time. Like yeah. we talked about that. Nobody. Yep. It was only for like you know uh, state senators and people of importance. And then some one day a commoner was like, look at this amazing huh. road that gets us right into St. Paul. Yep. We don't have to sit in traffic on the I'm highway. Gonna, I'm gonna ignore this. Do not enter and go. <laughs> Go past this, the yeah. next thing you know. Risk takers. Yeah. Yeah. I love that road. I'll say this. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I love the fact that Minneapolis and St. Paul are so different. I just love the fact that we live in a metropolitan area that's 50% one and 50% the other. It's, I, it's wonderful. It's so weird, too, when you try to explain from people out of town. and Because mm-hmm. you can't really even explain it either. It, it, it's just they are such different places yes. with different vibes and different people and um and you know you talk to somebody about crossing the river and i'm like oh i'm not going i'm not going <laughs> to yeah. 
Yep. Oh, I got across the river and they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's a psychological like, barrier. Yeah, it's you're not, not actually a thing. Yeah, it's not like Oregon Trail. You're not forging the river. I know. Yeah. That's what I mean. But you tell that from somebody totally. from out of town and they're like, what? That doesn't make any sense. I'm like, oh, you know, you trust me. It's how it is, no question about it. But it, yeah, two distinct cities. Are, we are very, very lucky to be to be living in an area with two very distinct cities. It's wonderful. Well, we got a we got a great thing going on here, but we're not good enough for the World's Fair. Oh, we didn't get it. I was announced uh, at seven o'clock this morning. Nope. Hmm. Dang. Uh. The World Expo will not be coming to Bloomington. And let me tell you, if there's a place where you want to highlight our advancements in culture and infrastructure it's taking them right there on 494 between 35w and the airport no beautiful there's no more delightful stretch of road god's country come visit come visit our city and sit in this wonderful traffic oh god that that's i going on that stretch of 494 on the south end of town yeah just miserable. It's bumper to bumper, twenty four hours a day. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't know why, but it is. It's right where I live. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You're saying that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, then you know, Rudy, right? Like, there's all. If you if you're in the know, you can find some back ways around it, but you still, you know, there's still no way to avoid some of that. You just gotta sit there and mm-hmm. take it. Well, I think that's why. I'm. This is hearsay, but I think that's why they built like the Land Rover dealership right on that stretch of highway. For people coming into town, so when they they get to Minneapolis, they drive 494 and they're stuck on the highway, and they're like, "Oh, look, this place must be amazing because they have a Land Rover dealership right." Like it's like your first impression of the city. Yeah. I'm almost positive that's why they built it there because for the yeah. longest time it was just kind of rundown apartments, and then there yeah. was an old like Motel Six that was basically just a drug house, and they just tore it all down and they put up a land. I think it's a Jaguar and a Land Rover. It, there's dealership. like a whole run of. High-end cars, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. over there. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to go over there and buy a car because it looks so cool because it's like, it looks like a big city, like you're in Tokyo or something. Yeah. You look up and yeah. see, it's like, oh, wow. And they're like, how do you get that car down from the sixth floor? That's cool. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll I, test drive that one. I, don't check my credit, but I just want to test drive that one. <laughs> yeah. Just okay, some, sir, let's get that right out for yeah. you. Some poor stock boys got to pull out a ladder like, oh, again, I just had this ladder out. Is this Chris again? Mm-hmm. Tell him we just get out of here. Tom, have you been to Serbia? Uh, no, and I never will go to Serbia. Well, that's where the World Fair is taking place. What a shock. If, <laughs> we lost to Serbia? You and Catherine want to go, this might be the, this is your excuse. Well, this is her, that's her home territory. That's why I don't want to go. She's a bohemian. Did you? Oh, you didn't know that? I've heard you talk about it before. Yeah, yeah she's a bohunk. So I'm not going over there. She'd be the queen bee, and I'd be a turd. Forget she it. She can go back and see the homeland. Exactly. It's exactly right. No, I don't know Serbia. I've heard that Serbia is a very nice place to visit, though. Actually, I have heard yeah. that. I've never been there. I think it's in Belgrade, which is the capital. So that's yeah. where that's happening. So, so it, have you guys ever been there? Any of you? No. So I don't know. I've, I've heard from other people, though. You, Tom, you'd really like uh, Croatia is another place I've never been, but I hear everybody raves about Croatia. Everyone says the Croatian coast is like super approachable. Yep. It's it's pretty. It's Europe, but it's a little more affordable. And um, they shot a bunch of Game of Thrones there, I, I yeah. think. Yep. So they had this whole big run of tourism uh, when Game of Thrones was at, was at its height and probably are still 
you know, benefiting from that to this day. Mm-hmm. I never thought about going there before. And then they're like, oh, it's in Game of Thrones. And I'm like, dude, I like Game of Thrones, but that's taken it to a whole nother level of <laughs> yeah. nerd mm-hmm. You're going on vacation just based on that. Yeah, I'm but, not doing that. I just Someday I'd like to go to maybe the Black, what is it, Blackpool, Liverpool, where all the Beatles spent all their time. Maybe some. I've been to England several times, but I've never done that. Maybe yeah. I'd do that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a different experience. I guess that's the best way to put it, isn't it? Somebody wants to take me to Croatia with them. I'll go with them. Yeah, I would understand that. That it's supposed to be very very cool. I just well, first of all, I got I got five things I have to do. There, are, I've been in forty five of the fifty states, but I've never been in Alaska. You guys ever been in Alaska? No. Nope. I haven't, but my daughter has. Okay, what'd yeah. she say? I loves it. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah that's mm-hmm. what I hear. Yeah. So I got Alaska. I've never been to Washington State. Okay, out there, Seattle, that whole thing. I've never been there. And I've never been to Maine, New Hampshire, or Vermont. So those are the five states I've never been in. Man, you could knock out three like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the ones in the Northeast there. That in like an hour, you yeah. could hit all those. I could. Yeah. yeah, I lived in uh, New Hampshire for a little bit. Oh, so you we, did? Yeah, okay. we'd run over to Maine and hang out, watch the whales, eat yep. some fresh yep. lobster. It's, that sounds that's, amazing. It's pretty awesome, yeah. I love Washington's that pretty, uh, Tom. It would be worth, I mean, it, it really is. Seattle's a, go during that one week of summer where it's nice there. Because <laughs> you lived there, right? Yeah, I'm like I'm not kidding you. It doesn't get like consistently nice until Fourth. It's like Fourth of July to Labor Day. And really? The rest, yes. The rest <laughs> of the year, you're, I'm not even being dramatic. Like you're in the clouds, man. You are in the clouds. You. The but that that stretch is almost always perfect. In fact, my parents are going on an Alaskan cruise in a couple of weeks oh. and they were asking me advice for hotels to stay downtown kind of by where the cruise ship terminals are. And I said, well, you're going to pay quite a bit to stay downtown because this is a nice time of year there and it's going to cost you a lot more. And I don't think they believe me. And like, they couldn't touch a room for like five, six, $700. Oh, insane. But it that's, is. that's what that, you know, the beautiful time of year there. That's when they get, that's when they get the most tourists. So. Do you think it's weird that I've never been to Seattle, but I have been to Cuba? Is that kind of weird? No, there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, I was going to say, right now, they're about the same. About the same, and politically, they're the same. I know that. Uh Bunch of commie bastards. You know what I'm saying. (laughs) Chris just starts laughing. (laughs) No, I loved Cuba. I thought Cuba was a great place. But I do want to get to to Washington, particularly uh, the eastern part of the state, I heard, is beautiful. Super pretty. Yeah, it is. Mountains it's and all a, that. I mean, you, if you had the time, you'd be really cool to take one of those trains out there, hop in a train here and go across country out that direction. I think that would be awesome. But, yeah, but buffer in like five days because if you take the right? Amtrak, uh, our family right. takes Amtrak a lot, and mm-hmm. you gotta you got to have some wiggle room because they stop for all sorts of weird reasons. I have a dream one day, and I'm going to get it done. It's going to be a while, I guess, but it, I, I want to go – uh, on a train, because I, I, I like the Canadian Railway, uh, from from uh, all the way out east to all the way out west, from Vancouver. I want to go all the way to Montreal on a train. That'd be cool. But probably take That'd a while cool. to do it. A couple of weeks, maybe, to do that, do you think? No, I, would, I don't think it would take that long. Oh, it wouldn't? No. Well, you got to stop once in a while a couple of places. I bet you a week tops. That really? Would, yeah. Yeah. I, I want to do that someday, take the train all the way across. Because I've taken the train from Banff to Lake Louise and places like that. It's 
I love Canada. I'm a huge can. Toronto is a great city. Yeah, it is. So, Got to get up there more often, I guess. Now that'd be fun to take the podcast on a train trip, wouldn't it? Let's go. How about to Chicago? God, take the podcast. Chris just wants it. a free trip so bad. He was like, I "If do. somebody wants to take I me do. to Croatia, I'm like trying to think of a scenario where somebody like brings you to Croatia with I, them." Listen, I got a junket back. My first job, they at my very first job, they they sent two of us along with a bunch of advertisers to Ireland, and it was still like the one of the greatest trips of my life. But so it should be, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. All right, pal. Is that everything? <laughs> well, I'm just depressed now. I don't have any vacations coming up soon. Um, so, yeah. Vacation from what? Yeah, we have, Chris. You got to go to a mansion. A vacation when you work with your best friends. <laughs> That's what it is. That's a vacation. How was, right. How was the spooky Jesus. mansion? Were there any ghosts? Uh, I didn't see any, but I didn't go upstairs to, like, the really spooky, spookiest looking part. So, I don't know. I It, it was cool, though. Yeah, it's going to be open in July if anybody wants to go check it out. We'll get it done. All right, Pally. All right, guys. Have a nice rest of your day. You too. Thanks very much. Chris Eggert, ladies and gentlemen. I like working with that boy. That's mm-hmm. all I have to say. He's a good man. I looked it up real quick. If you want to take a train from California to Boston, it's three days, 12 hours. Really? So that's it? That's it. So I don't know how that factors in. Because where do you want to go from Vancouver to? Vancouver to uh to Toronto. Tor- no, oh. to Montreal. Oh. Oh, Montreal. Oh, so you're probably looking at about three days or so. Yeah. They, three, all? Four days. Yeah. Yeah, they have. I mean, it's going to be more than three days for sure. But because I don't think it's that direct. But they have a bunch of like uh, Canadian train vacations where then you stop places for a little while. Yeah, that's what I'd like to do. Yeah. yeah those yep. ones are like 11, 12 days. Sure. Yeah. That's what I'll do. Someday I'll, get, I'll do that 11, 12 day trip. I, I think I would really enjoy that. I do not, yes, if you are sitting there and enjoying the journey. We do a lot of Amtrak, and we do the one day to Williston, North Dakota, um, the whole 24-hour one. And sometimes that turns into a 48-hour, and sometimes that turns into longer. So as long as you're enjoying the journey. Indeed. News brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. News with Chris Eggert, of course. Brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh for your free 48-minute financial evaluation. We'll be right back in a couple minutes. Josh Gates will join us. The new season of Expedition Unknown premiered on May 24th. And new episodes air on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on Discovery Channel. Josh Gates with us right after this. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Tom Bernard here. Are you ready for some throttle therapy? Cruise the water in luxury on a brand new Bennington pontoon from Power Lodge. Enjoy sunset from the water, entertain the kids, and float on the lakes all summer long. It all starts at the Lodge, the Twin Cities' newest Bennington dealer, the Power Lodge, with locations in Brainerd, Onamia, Ramsey, and Miller Marine of St. Cloud. Hundreds of pontoons in stock across all Power Lodge locations. Your summer fun begins at Brainerd's newest Bennington dealer, the Power Lodge. Enjoy the best days of summer on your favorite lakes in a brand new Bennington pontoon from the Twin Cities' newest Bennington dealer, the Power Lodge in Ramsey. With locations in Brainerd, Onamia, Ramsey, and Miller Marine in St. Cloud, and hundreds of Benningtons in stock across all locations, the Power Lodge is your destination before you hit the lakes this summer and cruise at sunset. Fun begins at the Lodge, the Twin Cities' newest Bennington dealer, the Power Lodge. Get some throttle therapy on land and water, millermarine.com and powerlodge.com, and you can tell them 
Tommy sent you. The new Tom Bernard Morning Show is proud to have partners like North American Banking Company, Bradshaw and Bryant, MyPillow, and attorney and advertiser Dave Bielke. I've been advertising on Tom Bernard's shows for years. I like Tom, not just because he's a good guy, but because the ads I run on his show bring me new clients that are hurt at work and need legal help. Tommy B works for me. Grow results for your business by partnering with the Tom Bernard Morning Show. Visit TomBernardShow.com keyword partner. Do you ever Google yourself? Are you happy with what you find? Or is it cringy? Are you a business owner or on your company's marketing team? How do you feel when you Google your own place? What do you see? A non-updated social media page you don't even remember making? Ads for your competitors? Hubbard Interactive can help. They're a Google Premier Partner, so they can use search engine optimization to get your click results higher. They've got a photo and video department to make your business look sharp, plus social media, influencer marketing, podcasting, and more. All the things that will make you a lot happier next time you Google yourself. Here's a Google search that you'll find rewarding. Hubbard Interactive. You can see all the marketing tools they've used on hundreds of successful businesses, including an extensive gallery of the great work they could help your venture with. HubbardInteractive.com. Building campaigns that connect. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. Never, truer words never spoken. There's no question about it. Josh, ready to go? Yes, he is. Josh Gates, ladies and gentlemen, the new season of Expedition Unknown premiered on May 24th. New episodes air on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on Discovery Channel. Josh, how are you? I'm doing real well. How you doing, man? Never better. Just slogging through life at this point is all I have to say, Josh. Just, just trying to get through it. You know what I mean? That's right. I understand. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. I, I got to read this. Just the first four words of the descriptor on the show tonight. Diving into Lake Superior. Josh, what the hell is wrong with you? Why would you want to do that? <laughs> well, for a really good reason. There, you know, I, I always think, man, have I heard every exploration story, every lost this, lost that, and then something comes up on my radar that I've never heard of. I did not know this story at all. Two ships two minesweepers that were French-built in Lake Superior at the end of World War I. These were two ships that were going to be sent across the Atlantic to help clear mines out of the English Channel. They vanished without a trace in a storm in Lake Superior, and, you know, people have been looking for them ever since. And Mm -hmm. they're referred to as the the Holy Grail of Great Lakes shipwrecks. Uh, Nearly 80 men died between these two ships. It's the greatest loss of life in Lake Superior history, and nobody can find these shipwrecks. So... You know, to me, that's just such an incredible idea. These are huge ships, and so we're going to be joining explorers that are going out and learning about why they've been so hard to find and hopefully working with people who can locate them. Are the, are the winds and the waves that severe? I don't How many huge ships have sunk in Lake Superior? There's huge th- ships I certainly were in the hundreds, and ships in general, Jesus. I think, were probably in the thousands. You know, I mean, Lake Superior, I mean, I, I didn't grow up near the Great Lakes, and so I'm like one of many Americans who, when you first go there, you get a real education as to these bodies of water. They are like inland oceans, and they have incredibly uh, scary weather uh, at certain times of the year. And certainly in the winter months, the water is lethally cold. And so, you know, those lakes were used for so much shipping and transport <laughs> over the years and have claimed just an unbelievable number of ships. You know, Josh, i got to be honest. If there is a God, he or she is doing it on purpose 
because I think the top temperature in Lake Superior is about 33 degrees. <laughs> it's like it's one really, degree. Even in the summer, even in the summer months, oh. you just go down. If you start diving and you go down 20, 30, 40 feet, it just starts to get real cold. It does. There's no question about it. I did it, you know, dumbass. First time I ever went up to Duluth, I figured, you know, I heard that swimming in Lake Superior, it's too cold. So I, I had to do it, and I'm here to tell you, it's too cold. Oh. It's cold. It really is. <laughs> There's no question about it. i got to read this because this, what a descriptor this is. Diving in the Lake Superior, Josh has a brand new intel that may finally solve a 100-year-old mystery, the resting place of two World War I minesweepers on the way to combat German mines in the Atlantic. The warships sank and took the lives of 79 sailors. What a story that is. It's an incredible story, and, it, and it's also a wartime story. I mean, these, mm-hmm. these guys were building these ships and trying to help the Allied effort uh, across the Atlantic in World War One, And, you know, this is this is a story that just people don't really know much about. And so it, it's like one of the many adventures we have where we're, we're inviting our viewers to come with us and learn a bit of a history that maybe they haven't heard, but also to partake in a real exciting adventure. But the whole season is filled with, with uh, adventures like this. We're looking for a lost city in the Holy Land. We're looking for a lost Maya city in the jungles of Mexico. So there, there are these these ships, these places, these cities that have just fallen off of maps uh, that uh, that are out there to be found. God, what a great story this is. Now, Josh, I know this is off topic, but it's just in, in the back of everyone's mind. Uh, we only have 22 more hours to find that. They, they have not still not tr- tracked down that submarine that went under by the Titanic, correct? That, no. that is right. They, yeah, they have not. God, 22 more hours, they're going to run out of air. Uh, just and I'm sorry to bring up, but but I mean it does it ties right into this story. People, uh, whether it's on ships or in submarines, or a quarter million bucks a person to go down and look at the Titanic, and they cannot find it. They think it might have sunk so deeply that they'll never recover it. So uh, I mean, it's exactly the only reason I even bring that up. You don't want to mess around with uh, with the ocean, with the Great Lakes, with by it. It could be very very dangerous, it, no doubt. Yeah, it, yeah, this, this this the situation with the uh, Titan submersible is is really uh, really a tough a tough situation. You know, I mean, uh, people I, I think don't appreciate exactly how deep Titanic sits. I mean, it is incredibly right. difficult to reach. It's at twelve thousand plus feet underwater, and uh, it's very very hard to get to. Only a handful of vehicles ever built can reach Titanic. Uh, this particular vehicle was a highly experimental craft, and um, Titanic has had a real lure for people since. Since the day that it sank, really, I mean, it, it is something that has captured the public's uh, fascination. Shipwrecks in general, I think, capture our fascination. There's something very haunting about them. They are these kind of time capsules of, of a moment from our past. Mm-hmm. And so I certainly understand the allure. I certainly understand uh, why people want to go. I think I think a lot has been written here in the last couple of days of people really kind of um, throwing shade at the idea that people would pay this kind of money to go to have this experience. I, I don't really see it that way. I mean, I think that it's it's not the amount of money I would spend to go do something like that. It's right. too rich for my blood. But, but I understand the allure. I mean, I, I understand why uh, places like Titanic hold a real fascination for people. Um, and I, you know, whether it's that, whether it's climbing Everest, whether it's... Um, you know, doing these things that are inherently dangerous, uh, I think for some people it's a calling. It's, it's something that they really uh, feel that they want to do as a, as a personal challenge, as a, as a personal endeavor. So I, I, I understand the appeal of going, and I, I like everybody else, I'm, I'm praying for a positive outcome here. Yes, I, yes. I don't know how likely that is at this point, but I, I do think that uh, 
you know, my heart certainly goes out to everybody who's who's on board uh, Titan, and uh, and I just hope for the best. You know, Josh, just uh, my experience living on this earth for the years that I've lived on this earth, the one thing you don't ever want to do on this planet is say things like, this ship is unsinkable. <laughs> yes, that's true. Hubris, hubris, uh, hubris will get you. And, uh, <laughs> it's true. And I do think that... Uh, that you know, it is. It is also true that whether it's climbing a mountain or whether it's going deep underwater, yeah, the, the forces of our world are incredibly powerful. They are. They they can be incredibly dangerous, and and uh, standing up to those forces or trying to harness them or master them or or beat them back is is often very hard to do. And so, um, I you know, obviously there was a lot of risk associated with uh, with this particular mission uh, for the for the folks from Ocean Gate, and uh, and and yeah, this is unfortunately something that. Um, that uh, may not have a, a positive outcome. No question. We're talking to Josh Gates about the new season of Expedition Unknown. Throughout the season, Josh brings viewers with him on exciting adventures to Israel as he joins two teams of researchers who each claim they found Bethsaida, a lost biblical town where Jesus is said to have performed miracles in the U.K. Josh hunts for the greatest pirate treasure ever plundered, and it goes on and on. Josh, not only are you talented, you're also lucky as hell, Pally. I, I agree with you. It is a real privilege to be able yeah. to travel around and to, to tell these stories. And, um, and, and and I love taking our viewers with us. I mean, these are real adventures. These are, you know, we're talking about pirates and vanished cities and, and lost shipwrecks. You know, these are really exciting stories, and they're real. And that's what makes it so fun. And so I'm, I'm thrilled for folks to come join us on the show. Josh, you got to come back. I love the show. I loved having you on. And, and please do come back soon, all right? Anytime, buddy. I I'm, I'm, uh, love talking to you. Thank you so much. Thanks very much, Josh Gates. Ladies and gentlemen, see, I love shows like that. Do you watch those kinds of shows? Oh, absolutely. Anything with, like, love Lost them. City or yep. anything like that, yep, I'm all on board. It just, I mean, here's another descriptor on here. Josh hunts for the greatest pirate treasure ever plundered, sets out to, uh, to uncover mysteriously vanished World War I minesweepers, Bottom Lake Spirit, what we were just talking to Josh about there. In Cambodia, Josh works to unearth a long-buried temple and joins the fight to bring the looted treasures of Khmer Empire back where they belong. I guess, boy, you, you run into that more and more and more, I, I suppose, because technology's gotten so much better. There are temple. There are entire cities that are buried. Yeah, isn't that amazing? That entire cities are just not there anymore because they're underground. Mm-hmm. And it's like what the, a story. The underground portion, but then it's also like I would love to be back in that time and see what yeah. the process was of those people leaving and like where did they go? What happened? Like, do they all just scatter? Like, yep, you just abandon your home. No question about it. Okay, now we got uh, we got six people, not five people on right now. And it's an important time to bring up for the very first time that I've gotten to a point now. This is for Judd directly. <laughs> I've gotten beyond the point of anger. I'm just very sad. That team is as bad as it is. God, that team is not good. We were texting last night, and I was there. I finally left after 7th because it was just so Ugh. pathetic. And I think what got me the most was when I – got home and the first question in the post-game press conference that they show on Bally's to Rocco was, you know, there were there were some positives at the end there. <laughs> what, <laughs> what was yeah, the game ended. That was a positive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the only positive. <laughs> he, even he wasn't buying that one. Oh. Even he was like, yeah, yeah, not really. There's not a lot to talk about with that game. Judd, I know they got to do what they got to do, but I see a rise is hitting 400 and we didn't want him anymore. Yeah, he's, um, he's been incredible. 
Lopez has not been uh, as good as expected. But no. I mean, Tom, the problem is like that's tip of the iceberg stuff. Yes, it is. Like this team, this team can't score runs. They can't do anything. They are. I thought that they, you know, a while back, I thought the pitching's good. The the bats aren't good right now, but they'll get hot. But we're almost three months in now, and you know the inconsistency. And Boston's a Boston's a nice team at best. Okay, maybe they've yeah. been hot, yeah. but they're you know they're not. I mean that American League East is a juggernaut, and the fact that the Twins remain in first place is just an insult to every other team that's in first <laughs> place in baseball. Devin's loving that one. That's a good call. <laughs> it really is, yeah. Oh God, what is it last night? Like nine to four or something? Well, no, they got to ten. Oh, they got to 10. Good. Well, so it was 10 to 4. Yeah, 10 to 3. It might have been 10 to 3. It doesn't matter. And and then the news comes out that, you know, Baldelli basically confirms that Buxton, it's not that they are trying to be cautious and he's not playing center field. He just can't play. He is physically unable to play the outfield, which I don't think is going away. I mean, I think that's a chronic knee problem. Yep. And so, so... Brittany's guy, Byron Buxton, I think. He Way to go, Brittany. Typical. In, in the outfield. Typical. Brittany move. That's all I have to say. It's okay. We're icing it. We're taking care of him. We <laughs> We're are. Icing we... it. <laughs> you're not doing a good job, Brittany, if you're involved. Terrible Let me nurse. just say that right now. <laughs> Thanks. Well, we're trying, you know? We're trying to get him healthy. So does that mean, because now we're starting to get to the point of the season where it's are we buyers or sellers of the trade deadline? Does that mean right. we look at the fact that we're in first place and say, well, we have to be buyers at the trade deadline, or do we say we're terrible and sell it and blow it all up? If they're buyers of any sort, they should all be fired. I mean, they, yeah. they should all be fired regardless, possibly. But uh, here's my, okay, so here's the, here's the real question. I would prefer that they sell, but what do they really have to sell? They can't trade Buxton. Correa's got a no-trade clause and, what, a seven-year contract now or a five-year contract that could be seven. So I would I would hope that if they do anything, they sell. Uh, but if nothing else, just stand, Pat. Don't do anything. Don't, do not, do not act like you have a chance because this is just ridiculous. I mean, this is probably as pissed off as I've been at the Twins in a long time. Mm-hmm. Just, it, it, it's insulting to watch. It is, and you know I've gotten past the anger part of it. it just I'm very sad. That team sucks. <laughs> oh, it just makes me sad. I'm not even pissed off anymore. Can I ask a question? Because I saw a clip. Nope, you're out of the mix. All right, no, no for sure. <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> nice rehab job with Boxton, Brittany. Yep. That's all. I <laughs> yeah, Brittany, way to go. Um, I saw a clip the other day, and I was like, I gotta ask Judd this. So there was this pitcher, and he kept touching his hair and then touching the ball. And touching his hair and touching oh. the ball. And Rocco eventually was like, go check his hair. So the umpire had to literally go out there and like pet him like a cat <laughs> and touch his hair. What was that all about? They were afraid he was getting uh, some type of substance from his hair to apply to the baseball in, in a not-so-subtle, trying-to-be-subtle type of way. And so, yeah, the, the petting the hair is very uncomfortable, though. 
And does that happen a lot? Like, do you guys no, watch grown would, men? More than you would think. There's always, I feel like it's more to, like, throw pitchers off at this point. They'll be like, mm. oh, he's touching his leg. There must be something on his leg that's going to give him better grip. Yeah, this yeah. looked like a twitch. This looked like a twitchy, like, grab, grab. He kept grabbing his, like, weird floofy back of his hair. Yeah. But as people really, and then they were talking about how a lot of times people use their arm sweat, too. Is that a thing? They put stuff on their arm, like they. <gasps> oh. The, the reason why they check them now, so the so about three years ago, the umpire started to uh, check pitchers uh, frequently between innings for like their hands. So, so like if you see a pitcher come off now, lots of times an umpire will be there and they'll make the pitchers show them the palms of their hands and then the backs of their hands, and that's because guys will put slop on their arms like uh, pine tar or things or substances and then they'll rub the arm and then apply that uh, to the baseball and, so yes and the goal is to make the ball what gives them better grip so you can get more rotation more movement on your okay pitches. so they want it to be a sticky substance or a yeah. loose a yeah. goosey like a gooey <laughs> sticky sticky they want more control they want more the control of the yeah. ball okay and so the stickiness helps them hold on to it to throw it faster yeah and well because okay. was, judd wasn't there too a scandal where the was it rosin bags like when that gets sweat in it that becomes sticky as well yes so then there was a big controversy with that where people like i'm just using the rosin bag with sweat which naturally becomes sticky it's now it's now to improve what they call their spin rate and the the more that you get the ball to spin the more effective your pitching is now but the gooey thing which sounds gross is right and and tom will recall this as well uh, they did use gooey substances like Vaseline, like mm-hmm. Gaylord Perry, for what were known as spitballs in the 70s. Yep. Ugh. Because it's, a, it's not <laughs> a constant flow on the outside of the baseball. It's heavier on one side. Oh. Therefore, you can throw breaking balls that there's no way you could throw with a regular baseball. Damn. And that ball breaks a lot. Those sneaky little pitchers. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> Knock it off. Yeah, it's, I don't know. It, it, I'm trying not to burst into tears, for Christ's sake, my twins. Yeah, no. They're you know ruining your summer. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app. And anytime, on demand, wherever you get your podcasts.